0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today.
1: Welcome to church. So good to be here. Thank you for joining in the prayers and the praises and the worship. It's so good. Jesus is amongst us when one or two gather in his name. How much more? When there's 30, 40, 50 of us all joining Together. Well, it's my great privilege to, to share the pulpit this morning with Pastor Karen and Tom Hawkes, and we want to preach into what um, Pastor Jason, Pastor Emma, our, our lead pastors, um, put before the church the vision for our church, who we see ourselves as, who we want to be, um, how we want to grow into the things that God has for us. And the slide should be up there. Jesus in the middle, with some rings on the outside. There it goes, Jesus jesus gives life to the full we've just declared that and uh how 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 do our lives begin how does a satisfying soul how is a fulfilling life going to to come to pass in, in in you in your life it's when we put jesus at the center it begins with knowing jesus and once we let once we get to know jesus it's the other part is to let him know us to open up our hearts and open up our lives and we look to what Jesus has done for us. We look to what we know about him as we look to build, build, build ourselves in the word of God. And sometimes, you know, we think we're building our lives on who Jesus is, but often he's rebuilding us and he's setting us free uh, from issues that, you know, have, have come into our lives when we didn't know Jesus because we do have trouble in the world. Jesus says that, but he says, but, but be encouraged because I have overcome the world, And as he rebuilds us, as he sets us free, we just de- declared it then, as he sets us free from the things that the world would put upon us and we come into complete freedom in, uh, in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, then he gives us a wonderful gift. He gives us a purpose. He calls us in to be part of what he's doing in the world. And we will find our true purpose, we will find true, our true fulfilment. Uh, our destiny is really in the impact we will have on the lives of other people that God brings across our path. And so we start with Jesus in the middle, but then we've got three areas there that, that, that we move into outside of our church family, although we we are still doing things within the church family, and out into the sphere of influence or the sphere of uh, where God has placed us. I love the image Jesus says, I'm sowing you into the world. Imagine a handful of seeds and I'm sowing you. You know, we come here and we have a great time, but we've also got something to do for God out there, wherever we land. And wherever we land, it's different, but it's, it's as valuable and precious, as important as where anybody else lands. So we're going to do a tag team through the three... that slide can go back up. Through those three little areas, being an influence wherever God has placed you, an influence in the community, an influence in the environment where we are, our culture... And uh, we want to go counterculture. Um, what's been playing on my mind as I've been preparing this message is what's a huge influence out there? You know, there's a new job called Influencer. Yeah, we're inf- and they're not influencing mostly for good things, you know? The things that are not eternal, things that are going to pass away. And they're influencing people to go down, not up. We're, 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 we're lowering the base there. And of course we have family and relationships, so important. We want to be lighthouses for what it is to be wonderful with our family and our friendship relationships. And Pastor Karen's going to come and talk about that. And Tom Hawkes works in a chaplain in a school. If you want to go, go get a real job and find out what real life is all about, become a chaplain in a school. And I tell you, you will find out what real life is all about. And so Tom's going to talk about what it means to go beyond Uh, what it means to get beyond just this community. We're strengthened by who we are, but we go beyond and we've got impact and influence. And it's my job to talk about what it is to be an influence. And, you know, we read that new job label, influencer. You know, I've got one million followers, 500,000 followers, you know. But when all of us embrace what it is to be an influence, I tell you what, when you add up all of our followers, we're going to be more than a million. If you're going to be someone of influence... You have to begin with exactly that mindset, that God has placed his spirit in you, his Holy Spirit in us alive, and he's called you. We go with the authority and the calling of God, and therefore we are people capable of influence. We are influencers. We have the capacity because of the call, because of the gift that God has placed in us, because his Holy Spirit is there. We have the capacity to alter the atmosphere, the culture, and the hearts of the people God has placed in our life. Some of us will have many people, some of us will be doing it within a family context. Do not ever underestimate the impact of your influence on your family because the ripple effect of that down the generations is huge. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. That's calling us to be influence, to take what's dark and make it light. You are the salt of the earth. That's calling us to be influence, to bring flavour to the earth. I like this one, John seventeen eighteen. As you sent me into the world, this is Jesus talking to his Father, just as you sent me into the world, I, Jesus, am sending them into the world. Just as Jesus came with all the resources of heaven, just as Jesus came with the authority of God, just as Jesus came to bring light and grace and mercy and to point people to the Father, so he has sent us into the world. I am a person sent from God. John the Baptist was a wonderful, wonderful prophet. And how did they talk about him in the New Testament? They said, John, a man sent from God. Enough said, full stop. That's who we are. We are people sent from God. We're on assignment, we're on a mission to bring the resources of heaven to this world and to make a difference to the people with whom God has placed us. Corinthians says this We are as Christ's ambassadors. It's as if Christ was where we are, where his hands, where his feet, where his words. If it's a workplace, if it's a family, if it's a church, if it's a sporting club, you are there as, if, as Christ's ambassador, as if Jesus was there. You are the person of influence. And because it's down to our core, and because it's down to what God has placed within us, we don't have to wait for anything. We can be front-footed right from the get-go, Don't wait till you think you're wiser or more knowledgeable or you've got your life together because I'm telling you, that day will never come. (laughs) Seriously, if you get into that mindset, that day will never come and you'll never step out. You are a person of influence, full stop, in the here and in the now, wherever God has placed you. It's according to your gift, your call. I've got the most influential, I teach, the most influential person in our school is a year 11 boy. He's got 20,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, what? I've got three. (laughs) Not 3,000, three. My family say they follow me, but one of them doesn't, because I've got four. (laughs) He's a photographer. I'm going to show you some photos later on if I forget. I ask permission to do it, and, and you'll see. Well, but he, he's a person of influence according to the gift that God has given him and according to where he is. All right? I can't influence there. I'm not going to influence via Instagram. You know? But if that year, it's year 11 student was to come into the boardroom where I'm in a meeting and we're talking about the strategic intent of the school, he's got zero influence. He doesn't. He, that's not where he is called to be someone of influence. He's called to be influential, so am I, but it's different. It's like if I come back down to the youth group, people don't, I've got no influence in the youth group, really. Ethan, stand up, you're always my my guy. You know, I've got, a, who do those 19, who do those 13 and 14 year old boys want to be like? Do they want to be like me? Do they look at me and go, I want to be just like him? Or do they look at Ethan and go, I just want to be like him? Yeah, yeah Probably. I don't know, or Tom, put the two of them together, who's more, yeah, anyway. It's where God has put you, all of us, you've got to have that, I am a a person capable of influence because I'm called by God with a gift and we live this, we need to be prepared to take on the specific mantle of influence that God has intended for each one of us for the specific place and the specific people around whom God has placed us. And you live out this influence in two areas. Who you are, your character and your values are very important. And how you're wired, your talent and your gift that God has given you. So our influence begins with who you are, how you hold yourself and how you conduct yourself. Your influence those around you by setting a standard of godly character excellence. It starts with that. You can be very ungodly and still be highly influential. But your influence, I think, is curtailed, certainly in the things that are of eternal nature, uh, if our character does not line up with the way that God has called us. Your lack of a godly character will curtail, just said, your personal influence. Let's face it, no one likes a whinger, a complainer, an eeyore, a liar or a gossip. These things are not of God. They don't come out of our relationship with God and the church certainly isn't teaching you to do that. So stop it! You're being a bad influence. We God has written His ways on our heart. We are to be people who bring the Holy Spirit with us, the Spirit that brings life. We set high standards of honesty, encouragement. I think the next one is really important: a can-do attitude. Christians, I can do that. Thank you. Respectful of leadership, which is un-Australian. Yep. Yeah. Attitude, support for others, kindness, goodness, energy, prayerfulness, do not cut corners. All these things are uh, godly aspects of our character that will add to our influence. Sometimes people don't necessarily care what you're doing or not doing, but they go, very honest person, lots of integrity. They, you know, they're Christian and they're lining up, they're actually walking the walk and talking the talk. So you may have to take an inventory of what you are demonstrating character-wise. I'll read the list again, but I'll shorten it down. Honesty, encouragement, goodness, energy, kindness. How are we lining up with those? Or are we doing some things which are gossiping, whinging, complaining? It's so easy to fall over that side of the line, isn't it? I know for me, I had to turn myself into an encourager. Because I'm science trained. So when I look at something, what I'm doing is critiquing. And we go, what's lacking? What's gone wrong? How can we improve this? So I would bring that into my life. That's just, I'd go, what are you getting upset about? I'm just critiquing, you know? I'm not criticising, I'm critiquing, all right? So I had, and encouragement is such a powerful weapon that we as Christians bring into our sphere of influence. So I had to look at that and go, I've got to change, and I think I'm a good encourager. Wife? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I've worked on it, okay? Thank you. She's just said, I did very hard. i speak that into the microphone so it can go on the podcast. Thank you. But it could be something else for you, because our character will go a long way towards the degree to which we can influence and live out our calling. This is even more exciting than character, I think, and I think it's exciting because I think it delights God's heart. The most exciting thing about living a life of influence for God is that he has lovingly, and I say excitedly, wired us a certain way and equipped us with a gift. So you've been sent out as an influencer, but God does not send you out empty-handed. He sent you with the Holy Spirit and a call, but he's also given you a particular gift. 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says, everybody should take the gift that God has given them and use it. We all have one. Some of us have two, some of us have three, whatever it is. But it's really important you you focus on your gift, find out what it is, and you sharpen it. If you don't know what your gift is or you're not aware, come and see myself or Pastor Nicole. We can take you through some exercises that will help you with that. But you probably know what your gift is anyway, because it's going to be something you're good at, something you enjoy, something that makes you come alive, something that people are going to say you're really good at that, and something you're... you're going to go, that's really easy. If you go to Hepburn Heights and go into the auditorium there, on the right you'll see a big thing that's got Jesus. Who's seen that? Yeah, well, the lady who does that obviously has a gift. Because I go up to her and say, how did you do this? And she goes, it's easy. (laughs) I say, how could you be bothered doing all that? She goes, I love it. What you like and what you love and what you're good at and what people say you're good at is probably your gift. And so the challenge for us is to take that gift, to develop it, to exercise it, to sharpen and hone it and make it available to people. Not just in the church, but out there somewhere. Because there's so many gifted people taking us in the wrong direction. That is not eternal and that is not of God. So come and talk to us. We will help you. Sometimes it just lines up with the personality. Sometimes they're gifts within. Some people are just encouragers. Some people are very kind. Some people can do hospitality really well. I think we're called to do all of those, but it's really important for you to come alive because you will discover your purpose when you line up with the gift that God has given you and bring it to bear on other people. Please, don't be backward in coming forward about articulating what God has given you as a gift. Again, it's Australian culture, and you know we, 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 we don't tend to go down that direction. We don't want to lord it over but I should be able to ask you, tell me your gifts. I was really refreshed the other week when I was sitting with, sitting with someone and they said, oh, my gifts, I've got a gift of encouragement. And I thought, that's really good. Because what it does is it honours God. It honours God that he's placed this thing excitedly in you and he wants it to bear fruit. So if you ask me, I'd go, well, I think I can teach. I can take something complex like the periodic table and make you understand how it's the most beautiful thing in the whole universe. Because <laughs> I know exactly how to do it. I see it straight away and I know how to do this. You know, Don't get me to do anything around the home or to build a bridge. I wouldn't know where to start. <laughs> but I know people with, you know, who are skilled in that area who will look at and just see where everything... I can, can't do that, but I can there. People tell me I've got a gift, oh, helps. It's probably my number two. I get excited when I see a roster. I can sign up on the roster. If I give me 10 rosters and I'll sign up, all right? It's not work. I I get energized. You know, I like it. Not everyone will have that gift. It's actually written in the Bible, a gift of helps. I have that, right? I think I've got a bit of faith as well. Not the out there faith, but I've got this quiet thing that goes, everything is going to be fine because God is in control. You know, People, people say that about me. They go, you're very peaceful. These are people who don't even know anything about what Christianity is. So that's not, you know, I don't even have to say I'm not big noting myself. I don't think you think that at all. But what I'm saying is it's really important that someone can say, what's your gifts? And you can go this, this, this and this. And we're satisfied with that because God will have the whole thing covered somewhere else. So again, if you don't know what your gift is, please come and see us and we will be able to help you through that. And so we take our gift and we push into the environment and the culture that is around us wherever god has placed you i saw a picture of perth from the early 1900s and the there were there were only two buildings that were really visible saint george's cathedral and saint mary's cathedral in other words back in those days you could look and you could see where the church was you go look at a building you go look at a picture of perth now what will you see the stadium and all sorts you will not see those churches at all The church is not as visible in the physical as it used to be. But that's not a bad thing because it's up to us to take that church and for people to see the church there. So if your gift is creative arts, then go write a song, something that will touch people's souls and connect them to God. Push back against the me and self-indulgence that's out there. If it's business, go and influence that business world with godly ethics that cares for people and cares for the planet. Make lots of money and build the church and help people. I could go on and list all sorts of gifts, but I think you know where I'm coming from. Be excited about what God has put in you and what he has called you to be. Let me finish on this cheery note. If you want to be a person of influence, it's going to cost you. You're going to have to work, commit, put some effort and sacrifice in, and you're going to be required to put your hand up and step forward and go out of your way. There are a lot of gifted, lazy people. If you want to be a person of influence, don't be lazy. You've got to be willing to say to yourself, I will sacrifice comfort and convenience and time and money to be an influencer in the things of God. The me part of my life must decrease and the other people must decrease. Are there places in your life where you could be stepping forward more? Are there places in your life where your gift could be used more, both in the church and outside of the church. So I'm going to head on to Tom in a second, but let me finish with this. Let me remind you, you are a person of influence. Why? Because you are sent by God. You are called by God. He has equipped you with a gift. He's given you a godly character that we can sharpen and focus. And as we do those things then we will fulfill our destiny in God and that's the secret to what will be fulfilling and bring your soul satisfaction. Amen. Can we please welcome Tom as he comes to look at Beyond?
0: Thank you. That was great. Thank you, Pastor Steve. That was was amazing. And hello, church. How are we today? We're live? Cool. Well, thank you for letting me be here with you guys today uh, and about where I'm at at with beyond and, and the plus one heartbeat of our church across all of our locations. Pastor Eden said before, we got five locations and each of those locations carry that heartbeat of beyond, of going beyond and reaching our communities. And our church has an incredible legacy of going beyond locally, regionally and globally and actually tangibly impacting our communities for the better. And I'm here just to share about my experience as a chaplain. And through BEYOND, chaplains in the local area have been supported by BEYOND so that we can support families and students and kids and actually help them through their struggles. And so BEYOND is significant in what we do. And if you don't know what a chaplain is, I'm sure you do, because you've got so many great chaplains in this church. I know you guys are reaching the community and doing a great job, um, but we do so many things from, from running programs, to uh, getting involved in school events, to making and delivering food hampers, uh, connecting with students and staff, and in a high school context, I personally have a lot of one-on-one catch-ups, um, where I provide some pastoral care for some young people who are in need, and ultimately, a chaplain is a Christian presence in a school that is there to serve the staff, the students, and the whole school community and provide some pastoral care and some love where it's needed. It's a beautiful thing, but what made me want to be a high school chaplain? It wasn't like, to be honest, it wasn't any kind of desire to step out and be a high school mother, Teresa. Like, I don't think I had any need. Like, I want to go help people in need. Like, I don't know why. I just didn't have that in me. But uh, after I'd finished uni, I did five years of uni, walked away with an arts degree, and I-, I needed money. I needed work. But I also wanted something with passion. I wanted something with drive, with purpose, something I believed in. But I also had bills. And an arts degree doesn't come out like a barista. I don't know. I do not got that much money. But I needed to pay the bills. Uh, It's a classic millennial dilemma that we go through, but chaplains, and my beautiful wife, actually she's actually a chaplain now as well, come on, converted, (laughs) beautiful, Shenton College, but she reminded me of the idea of chaplaincy, of being a chaplain. And when I was in school, I had an amazing chaplain. I went to Duncraig Senior High. I don't imagine anyone here went to Duncraig, but I went to Duncraig, great school. And I had an amazing chaplain who actually supported me and encouraged me in faith, encouraged me through my journey with my family and with my school stuff and friends and everything like that. He actually played a significant and a pivotal role for me even being here today. And I, went, I knew when I was in school, I just wanted to be like him. He was the most encouraging guy. He was loving. He was so good. He always had a smile on. He had something different about him. And I wanted to be like, him he was an influencer in my school and I I, so I my wife reminded me about it and I prayed about it and you know no booming voice came down in like a clap of thunder like God wasn't like be a chaplain it didn't happen like that but I knew that there was like a stirring of the Holy Spirit there was like a pull I felt like a pull in that direction and so I took up faith I said all right let's do it if it happens it happens if it doesn't then you know your will be done so I, I applied I prayed and here I am chaplain Come on, almost, it's uh, two years, two years this term. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, and stepping into chaplaincy, I, I, I had my heart on set on Duncraig, I wanted to do, go to Duncraig, it was a great school, I knew the, it was my hood, I knew the staff, I knew the students, Like I knew the demographic, I knew my way around, I was like, our, our church has always had chaplains um, in Hepburn Heights go out to Duncraig, and, and it's always been a great connect, and I do youth, and so it would have been awesome, and so I was praying for it, and just believing for it, and saying, God, like here I am, send me, use me for your kingdom, I want to build your church, I want to help young people, break my heart, Like do, just your kingdom, Come, your will be done. You do what you want to do. And so God was like, okay. And he sent me to Balga, which was just the, the opposite of what I was. I was like, oh, are you sure, Lord? <laughs> Is that your voice? Is that... Adam? Um- I was expecting Dunkirk sent me to. Balga. I was expecting Hollywood. God sent me to the hood. I wasn't expecting that. It was crazy. And so, Balga. If, you, if you're not, if you're not uh, sure about what, that, what that's like, our school is made up of 60% migrant and refugee students, and 29% Indigenous Australian students. And then there's a small percentage of I'm, I'm not sure. Like, so it's just around. I don't know. They didn't tell us that stat. These are the important ones. So it's not my normal crowd. It's not something that I'm used to. It's not something, it, there are cultural barriers and challenges that I still face today, two years in, that are completely out of my comfort zone, 500% out of the way of what I'm used to. But you know, something that I've learned, church, from doing this, something in this two years that I've learned, is that we, we live in such a bubble. We live in such a bubble and it's so easy to fall into this place of comfort, this bubble of comfort uh, in in our little church zone. And I can't speak for everyone here, but we can can form and stay and not be aware of the bubble of comfort that we're actually in, built on our own personal experience of this beautiful city of Perth, this beautiful Sunshine Coast, coffee three, four, five times, seven, eight, nine, ten times a week, whatever you want. It's a beautiful city. We have so much freedom and we can fall into that comfort bubble. And it's easy to see that there's brokenness. It's easy to see that there's hurt. It's easy to see that there's struggle in Perth and in the world. And it, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media, it presents it to us more than ever, but also distances us from it more than ever in a way that we almost find it hard to connect. But there is a different life than what many of us live in so many different places around Perth. In this area, in Balga, in different areas all around Perth, there are people who are hurt, who are broken, who are struggling, who, who, who uh, have so many things that we don't even realize is going on because we are in our bubble of comfort and there are things happening in our nation that we don't even know about. But I get to hear firsthand about the kinds of struggles, the kind of hurt, the kind of things that these young people are going through without much help, the, the family breakdowns, the massive mental health challenges, the drug abuse, the, the, the domestic violence the actual poverty the amount of kids I have who, who come to me we have a breakfast program that runs five days a week because there's kids who wake up and there is no food for breakfast there is no food so they just some kids just have rice and milk I didn't know that was a thing that's apparently that's a thing that's really tasty but they live on that a lot of the time and so there's lots of things that, that I'm like God I don't know how to deal with this like how do I help these kids through this like all they're dealing with all of these things while dealing with Snapchat Instagram like uh, social media friendships relationships who am I like that's, I still deal with that. Who am I? Like, <laughs> Who doesn't stop dealing with that? It's crazy trying to make a future themselves for themselves in, in this position. And I'm not saying these things can't happen anywhere. These things happen everywhere in Perth. But in my context at Balga, it's presented to me so overtly and so plain and so real. They just wear it and, they, and then they'll share that with me in a confidential way. It's, and it's, it's crazy. It breaks your heart. And it's just one case of someone I've been catching up with for almost a year now. He's a year 10 boy with autism and I would see him week after week after week and each week I would be filing reports for physical abuse, for emotional abuse, for verbal abuse where his parents would hit him over the head with shoes. They would be yelling at him, telling tell him he's fat and stupid and obese, saying all of these things that are just heartbreaking, bringing him into domestic violence situations and drug situations that he has no place in being there. And these are all, by the things, all things by the people who are meant to shelter him and nurture him and love him. And if you're a parent in here, your heart is probably breaking for this kid right now. And it breaks your heart. It hurts. God has given me an, an incredible privilege and an incredible honor. And I'm so thankful for how he's actually positioned me that I get a unique perspective and a unique insight into this guy's struggle, into so many of these young people's lives. And it has forced me to depend on God. It's forced me to depend on his strength, on his peace, on his guidance, that on, on, on the Holy Spirit, because I don't know what to do without him. I can't I'll burn out without him. And that's so true for so many of us that we need God's strength. We need him at the center. We need Jesus at the center that gives purpose, that gives drive, that gives passion to what we do, because I can't do it without him alive at the center of it all. It's but the truth is, this work is so fulfilling. This work that I do is, is, I know that there is so much good that comes out of it and there's so much fruitfulness that comes out of chaplaincy and what young people receive from it and families receive from it. But a lot of days, I don't want it. Like, I don't, anyone else, I, I don't want to do it some days. Some days, I don't want to do it. In Ephesians 4, 1, it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And a lot of days, I live a life I struggle, sorry, I struggle to live a life worthy of the calling that I've received. I struggle to, 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 to get up some days and struggle to get dressed and get in that chaplain headspace to go save the world, to go like help young people and impact communities. Like I, I couldn't even get up here without a coffee. I should have had two. I'm, <laughs> I'm brain free. I think caffeine's in my DNA now. I have a like, I can't operate without it. It's like water. <laughs> But we we might not be feeling it. We might not wake up wanting to live a life worthy of the creator of the universe or the calling that he's put on your life. You're like, that's a lot. But we can continually come back to his word We can come back to His Word that is life giving, that is strength giving, that is purpose filling, that is grace giving and completely unchanging as we can get up again and take a hold of the victory of Christ for us. That way, I might not feel like I can do it, but I know that God can. I might not feel like I can get up, but God has called me. There is faith I can take a hold of in this moment. I can claim the victory of Jesus. And i can get up again it could be the smallest of things like just going to work you know what jesus i can do it with your strength alive in me and that's what we have in his word his promises and his strength that is accessible for us and pastor ben gould uh the other c3 hepburn heights campus pastor uh he did a a series last year called rebuild the rubble at hepburn heights and it was an amazing series i loved it and one of his points was about having a locating purpose having a locating purpose, a statement, of scripture, something that grounds you back to the reality of the call that you have received. And I spent time wrestling with it in prayer, trying to think of different things, trying to get some clarity from the Holy Spirit about like, what am I doing? Like, (laughs) God, what is this statement? What is this locating purpose for? Why do I do what I do? And ultimately, I came to this point In Matthew 5, for this season, where I feel are grounded in this scripture and in this purpose, for Matthew 5, 14 to 16, in in the message version, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've got you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. And by opening up to others, you'll prompt other people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And so through this church, in this locating purpose, in this scripture, I know that I am called to bear light in dark places and to reveal God's color in this world. That's my job. That's my purpose. When I get up, I don't know what I'm going to do. I could see five kids. I could see no kids in a one-on-one capacity. I could be doing breakfast club all day. I could be doing something else. But you know what? I'm going to go in there. I'm going to bear light and I'm going to reveal color in whatever I do. That's my job. That's my locating purpose in this season, that I know that I'm called to shine His light and to shine His love through how I act, through how I speak, and how I encourage young people, how I speak life into their world and actually handle them with care and with grace. And it's it's important about how we treat others and how we have that locating purpose alive in us. I know that I'm called to help young people through their struggles to show them that there's a God that loves them. There is a grace for them. There is strength for them. There is hope for them. There is purpose and life and a future for them in this word. And I'm called to have plus one moments with young people in their schools. And I do, whenever there's an opportunity where I'm allowed to talk about Jesus, if they bring it up, I'm like, oh, Jesus said, anyway, (laughs) you know, if there's an opportunity for an open door, I'll tell them all about, maybe I don't go like, well, Genesis 1 said, I'll just go straight into, you know what, what God's done in my life I can share my testimony. We can have plus one moments by the way that we get excited about church. The way I tell them about youth, oh, youth is awesome. I love you. You should come along. You should come one time. It's an amazing opportunity that we actually have where we can have plus one moments with people. And I get to do it with young people in their school that they go to every day. And these kids can't see the color. These kids can't see the color. The glory of God is alive in us and through us and in this world. God is so good. His goodness is everywhere and in his gifts, in the, people that, in the things that he puts in people, in, the, in nature and everything. God's color, his promise, his hope is, 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 is color and we're called to reveal it because you know what? These young people, they can't see it. They can't see it. People in your world, they can't see the color unless you're someone who's there revealing that color, revealing God's love, revealing God's light, revealing the hope that is in him, actually representing who Jesus is and actually being an ambassador for Christ in your world. That's how we can reveal color to other people in our world, in our workplace, in our families, wherever we go, we have that opportunity to represent who Jesus is. And you guys most likely don't have a Balga type situation going on. Fair enough. Fair enough. No one's expecting you to, but there are needs all across this city. There are needs everywhere. There are needs in the hearts of the people in your own life radius. There are, there are people struggling in your workplace there are people's marriages that need some help there is businesses that need a boost there are people around you that, that actually need something that you've got there are young people in our high schools dealing with depression and anxiety and family dysfunction and all of these different things and we are called to go beyond our bubble of comfort our personal little me bubble we're called to go beyond that to step beyond and to have faith for others to actually believe for others to be people who can actually encourage and love on others and we are urged to share Share the gospel with people and we can share it through our testimony, how we've experienced God's love through an excitement, through, through, through everything that we do and how we speak and how we love people. So what's your locating purpose? That's my point for today. Te- what's your locating purpose? What grounds you to the reality of God's call in your life? And spend time wrestling with it. Don't just be like, oh, I'll just do this. Like, Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Allow space for God to move, the King of glory to come in and let the Holy Spirit breathe afresh. Where well, you can take a hold of that clarity in what he's saying. Ask the Holy Spirit, know your purpose, your, that calling, that statement that grounds you and gives legs to the why, which is Jesus at the center of it or Let that give direction to how you step and what you do. And each of us, as Pastor Steve said, each of us have different gifts, different skills, different things that we can bring to the table. They are put in us by God, not for us, but for others, to actually point people to Jesus. If what we're doing is pointing people to Jesus, we're doing a good job. What can you do in the marketplace to go beyond and have plus one moments? What can you do as, as a mum if you're going to pick up your kids from school? What can you do to help reveal who Jesus is to the other mums who are picking up their kids? What can you do um, if you have, what if you have resources? You have access to resources that can actually tangibly and really impact a young person's life. Talk to Ethan for, for C3 Youth QB, there are young people who could be impacted and you can bring more. We're seeing this, QB youth is is on fire. It's going great. We're seeing incredible decisions and moments of the Holy Spirit impacting young people, shaping young people's lives. What if you have resources that could go beyond what you've got and actually impact young people through youth, through through your high schools, through everything? Like there are incredible opportunities that we have where we can step beyond with the gifts and the talents and the skills, the things that God has placed in us and in our world. And so I believe that when the church is activated in there, gifts and actually mobilize in faith to step out beyond our personal selfish bubble and to actually go beyond, have intentional plus one faith moments. We're living a life worthy of our calling. So what is it for you? How are you going to step beyond into that call this year in 2019? You don't have to give up your career and become a chaplain. Don't do that. <laughs> I can't even replace these jeans. Look at this. <laughs> My goodness. You don't have to give up your career to do that, but let's lean in. Let's lean in together, church. Let's continue to go beyond and hear what God is calling us to this year. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to me. I'm going to welcome up the amazing Pastor Karen.
2: Thank you, Thomas Hawkes. Thank you for having me here today. Well, I'm going to jump straight in. Fostering family and friendships. I love that what we are focusing on, the is descriptives in our vision is who we already are it's what we do we are a friendly church we love people inside this building and of course outside this building and what we're talking about here where Jesus is at the center it's a Jesus centered love based on a Jesus centered life as we have already talked about today So, what now seems a strangely strong memory from my teenage years is dragging myself out of bed at 8am. At the latest, 8.15, it was tough days to get myself to school for (laughs) 9am. So, it was hard at the time. It's a joke now. I would walk out to the kitchen for breakfast and my mum's bedroom door would be closed. And what my brother and I knew all too well was that at this time, mum was having her prayer time. And when I say all too well, it's because we had either received a look of death for interrupting her with something important like lost hair lackeys, or it was her wholehearted singing that filled the house or at least the front half. Unfortunately, God wasn't the only one who could hear her, so my brother and I would sometimes enjoy breakfast, listening to Mum singing along to Darlene Check in perhaps not the same octave melody or even words. (laughs) But as Mum will tell you, she didn't care then and she does not care now. She has one thing on her mind when she's with Jesus and it was not school uniforms, my hair lackeys or socks. I did check this with her before I said it and she wanted me to mention that um, she did actually care how we were presented at school but <laughs> just not at that time. Uh, for those of you who know my dad, he also had a good prayer life happening but he was long gone at work before I staggered out of bed. So, uh, For me at the very core of fostering my relationships and raising my three children is what my mum modelled to me that being a Christian is not only someone who goes to church every Sunday, although that was and is definitely our lifestyle. Being a Christian is someone who has a relationship with Jesus, who interacts with him regularly throughout the week, whether that's five minutes, 15 minutes or five hours, like Rex Kelly. At the very core of being a follower of Jesus Christ is a relationship with him and as was modelled to me, it's a personal one-on-one relationship. And my mum wasn't even a pastor or anything crazy like that, but she was pretty crazily joyful and grateful to have found a loving personal God and saviour who loved her more than she knew, including her singing. <laughs> it's only, I believe, that, out, that fostering Sorry, I believe that out of fostering our own personal relationship with Jesus that we can then best foster the relationships in our lives. Not only does he give us our true identity as his child but he then empowers us with his spirit to do what he asks of us. So here's how that modelling has helped me and the habit that I've since developed in my own life. As a wife, Ben and I have been married for 17 years and as you can imagine, there are times when he, we, I have been angry, disappointed, resentful, many of those lovely feelings we discover in marriage. So not all of the time, I'm definitely not perfect but now I have learned to bring these to Jesus and so often and really quickly, he just softens my heart and he reveals the truth to me. Often truth I may not want to hear, but yes, he does it softly, so that's nice. So instead of carrying things for days, weeks, hours, whatever, Ben and I both now, we can quickly see it, recognise it, apologise, ask forgiveness if we need, and move on. And this isn't just for marriage, of course. This is for every relationship we have. Jesus, his Holy Spirit, is the truth bringer. Every relationship matters, every person matters to Jesus. In fact, Timothy Keller says in his book, The Meaning of Marriage, and it may come up on the screen because Yanni is a jet. The Spirit's work of making the gospel real to the heart weakens the self-centeredness of the soul. It is impossible for us to make major headway against self centeredness and move into a stance of service without some kind of supernatural help. In other words, as imperfect humans, it is not natural for us to put others first. We need help. Thank you, God. So as a friend who forgets birthdays all the time, even after Ben, who is much better at remembering than than me, reminds me, I still forget to text my friends. And I'm pretty low on the need for quality time I can be having a prayer time, reading the words, singing, no better than my mother, unfortunately, and I don't care either. Uh, And someone pops into my mind and I used to think, oh, what are you doing? Like, come on, keep reading, da-da-da. Hello, now I know it's the Holy Spirit and he just prompts me just to send a text, call later, offer to catch up with someone, which is great as long as we then put the phone down and don't start scrolling through their lives for half an hour which I've also done (laughs) and as a parent I have confident hope that he hears my prayers for each child I know that as their creator and the one who made their hearts he understands them better than we do and will give us wisdom and insight into how to parent them The more we are with him, the more opportunity he has to speak with us and share what he knows. If I yell at my children, and I do, sometimes even on the way to church, a lot yesterday when Ben was at camp and I was on my own, outnumbered, (laughs) terrifying. If I make all the mistakes that I do daily, but my children learn how to have a daily relationship with Jesus, maybe from what Ben and I are modelling then I and they can live with the rest. At the end of the day, at the end of all of our days, it is our faith and relationship with Jesus Christ that matters. He cares about every person. Every relationship matters. So can I encourage us today, church, again, let's put Jesus at the centre every day and access the help that he's offering us. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Steve.
1: Thanks, Karen. Connor, can I have you? Thanks. Let's pray. There's a lot there. But when we come into the presence of God, he promises to feed us. He promises to nourish us. He's promised to give us counsel and comfort and direction. So there is something here for you today. So I'm going to pray something of a general prayer. Because what we've heard this morning is not Tom speaking or Karen speaking or myself speaking, but our prayer is always that the Holy Spirit will fill our mouth. And it's the Holy Spirit that has spoken here this morning. And he's sowing something into each and every heart. And when he sows something, he's faithful to it, he waters it and it grows and it bears fruit. And if there's one message that's come through this morning, it's that our fulfilment is found in the purposes of God. And if there is an answer to the world's problems and issues, it's the children of God. It's the sons and daughters of God. It's the local church who gather on a sunday or whatever day that is to lift up god but then go into the world taking god's love and grace and mercy and taking his spirit who does he send you not the person next to you not the person on the other side of you not the person in. it's you it's you it's each and every one of us called and anointed So let me pray. I want you to open your heart. And your heart inclination is, that's me, God. It's me. Thank you, God. I lift my hand and I say yes. I no longer think of myself. The way someone might have spoken over me or of me. Or how the world sees or how I measure myself against other people I see myself Lord as you see me and there's a great scripture let me read it from Ephesians chapter 2 it says you are being built together that's each one of us bringing our gift our talent and our call you are being built together on the foundation of Jesus Christ and together we rise we create a mighty structure in which god lives by his spirit and as each one of us steps up receives the gift receives the call picks it up the church is strengthened and the name of jesus is glorified so father here this morning we thank you for your word We thank you for your call we thank you for the gift in each one of us and right now holy spirit we pray that you would teach us and counsel us you would bring into the foreground of our thoughts you would bring into the foreground of our spirit and our life The gift you've given us the purpose and people you have sent us to and as you lead us Lord what we pray is that we would be effective and fruitful for the name and the glory of Jesus Christ for the sake of others for salvation for healing for wisdom for all those things you've sown into us, Lord. Through us, we sow them into the world.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to
2: c3hh.com.au forward slash give.